Welcome to Women Waken, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, and early life conditioning to shift from a place of codependency to a state of divine feminine love, acceptance, harmony, and abundance. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has experienced most of the issues that I explore on this show. On today's guest episode, I'm speaking with the lovely Jessica Medellin. Jessica is an author, a speaker, and creative author of the book, First Moon Manual which includes letters to our daughters. This book is full of letters, art, and poetry about menstruation. Jessica is very passionate about helping women feel informed, empowered, and positive about themselves and wants to help women celebrate their bodies and their cycles, which I'm all about. And we have a fabulous time talking about and exploring the realities of being a woman and having a cycle and how we can better inform our children, our next generations, and open up the conversation so that women can learn from a young age that it's okay to have a period, that we can talk about our period, that we may have different experiences with our cycle, and can learn more in general about how we can embrace our moon. So take a listen and enjoy. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the Women Awaken podcast. Thank you, Whitney. I'm so excited to be here today. Very exciting to have you, Jessica. I cannot wait to get into the work that you do and the creation that you've made. You were so kind to send me your gift, your creation into the world, your first moon manual, letters to your daughter, to our daughters, empowerment, body positive, embracing you. So you're an author. You're also a speaker and this was a really creative work for you. Can you tell us how this came to be? What inspired you to focus on this topic? Because actually just stating the title, people, the audience won't know. First moon manual is about moon referring to our menstrual cycle, our period. So it's this beautiful book, this manual where you really get to kind of find these inspirational poems, quotes, I am statements that I just, the whole thing just really seems to celebrate and honor our cycles, right? It gives you that sense of like, yeah, you know what? I'm a woman and I have a period and that's okay. And it's more than okay. (laughs) It's more than okay. It's just part of who we are. Yeah. Um, I think, well, first of all, I was inspired by my own daughter. She had her first period when she was 13 and it was during COVID. So we were able to um, have her at home. And as she came upon her first moon, I knew that I wanted her experience to be vastly different than mine had been. I had had kind of a volatile relationship with my period. Uh, So my first inspiration was her. We reached out to family and friends to ask for letters of support and love during that time. And when we got the letters in, we just both were in tears. 
And I knew at that moment, I wanted every young girl to feel that held, that supported and really every woman, like even as, um, I guess I was around 40 at that time, even as a 40 year old, 41 year old, I, I felt loved and supported. I felt like this is something I even need, you know? (laughs) So that's where the inspiration came from. And what I did is I reached out to uh, various artists and business people. Some I knew, some I didn't know, but I had been following their Instagram posts and I reached out to them and told them, Hey, here's my mission. I want to create this manual. I want it to be celebrating periods. I want young women to feel like they are being held and embraced and supported during this time. And do you want to be a part of it? So I had 24 women say yes to that and send me a letter, a poem or art. And I know you've seen the art in there. It's all, so the manual ended up being full color. I couldn't, I couldn't bear to put it in black and white after I got the art in. And uh, so, yeah, so that was how I was inspired and kind of what I did to reach out to people. I just needed uh, women who were really ready to support other women, right? Wonderful. That's that's so incredible that you actually made it happen because a lot of us have these little sparks of inspiration where we're like, I want to pull this together. I want people to get people's feedbacks and stories about this and it never happens. But you actually went through with it. And this is a beautiful resource for any woman and especially younger women, because just as you said, a lot of us don't feel supported. There's still even in 2023, this message or this sort of sense of secrecy, shame around our periods, that it's something that we should be a little bit embarrassed about, that we want to hide, that we can't really talk about, which is like kind of crazy because we all get it and have it for what? Like an average of like 40 to 50 years of our lives. Right. And the thing that I was coming upon is I had been already dealing with a lot of self-love stuff. So with myself, like wanting to be a good role model to my daughter about like what self-love meant. So I had been doing boundary work. I had been doing like health stuff and I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know, here we are, we're in 2023 and women are still talking or, well, I guess it was 2020 back then, but, um, women are still like shamed for their periods. I mean, men are talking about it. Women are talking about it. When we talk about ourselves, we put it down. And as I was analyzing the self-love and how words are so powerful and how we are supposed to talk well about ourselves and, and do all these things, I started thinking about how, well, once a month, we are talking about a whole piece of our body. That's a natural part of our body and kind of talking shit about it. Right. Like, so we're literally telling ourselves that we are shameful. We are not, we're dirty. We're not whole. We're we're miserable. We're so unhappy. Every month we're telling ourselves this. So kind of came upon this theory that like self-love, true self-love includes loving your period. And I wanted my daughter uh, to love her menstrual cycle. And I know that that's kind of like a, like everybody's like, okay, yeah, but it's still a period and still a pain in the ass. Really, (laughs) I get it. I, I hear that and I hold space for that. And I just challenge you to like, instead of talking about it, like just be thankful for it, like show gratitude, right? Like this is just a part of your body. It's a natural part. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, you can't, I, you can do chemical things to like not have a period, like take birth control and all those things. And it's just a natural part of you, you know? So 
what would be the harm in embracing that and loving it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because it is, it's just a very strange notion to not embrace something that is completely natural, right? It's one thing to have a hard time embracing things that are unnatural, even though if you think about it, we embrace a lot of things that are unnatural, if you ask me, right? Yeah, <laughs> like self-deprecation or insecurity or self-doubt or, you know, criticism of our bodies. That is that's unnatural, because, again, that's another way of not accepting and honoring what is it's having this fixed idea about what it should be. And if who we are doesn't match that, we move into this space of rejection, pushing it away, trying to change it. So I think this is a beautiful step in the direction that I would love to see for women, which is moving away from all of the things that we've been told we're supposed to be or not supposed to be, how we're supposed to look, act, feel, present, and moving more into our natural state and flow. And rather than trying to conform to norms is challenging for the norms to move. I've heard more conversations recently around bringing the acknowledgement of of our periods of our cycles into our work life, where Mm -hmm. again, nowadays people have to hide their period and keep working. I mean, it's, it sounds radical, but I believe one day in the future, we're going to give women a few days off from life to rest when they're at their period at the height of their period to honor that they are releasing. Cause it's the end of the cycle where we didn't support an egg. We're not having a baby. So we flush out our system. That's, you know, when your system is fleshing out, like give it a little break. Yeah. Right. And why haven't we done that? So, uh, we talk about like tribes and things used to, some people say banish women to like other places. And I always think like how wonderful that would have been to be able to get away from the whole tribe, not have to take care of everybody and just go away and rest. Like you're not doing work. You're not cooking for the tribe. You're not doing these things. Like, so was it a banishment or was that just like honoring the women's cycle, you know, and I, it's all about the narrative, right. And, and whoever writes the history books gets to control what the narrative is. So we can look at it as a shame thing, or we can look at it as a, wow, like women were given a break and we went away from that. So here's the thing is that, yes, there are places that did banishment and I don't want to um, minimalize that. Okay. Uh, Cause that did happen. Um, and women have been shamed, but also there were tribes who just respected it, right? There was, there were people who respected it. They allowed women to go away to have that time to rest. They allowed them to free bleed in places where they could just be who they were. And I just can't imagine how wonderful that would be for all the women right now. Like just think about how you did have a couple days off work and how much more productive you are after your period, especially if you've been allowed to rest. Right. So if you've been allowed to rest, shed that lining, and then you come back and you are more creative, you're more, you're, you're able to do more. It's just a really great time after your period, right? Like that time between like the end of your period and about the two weeks after, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what you're speaking to sort of the more embracing and, and allowing women to take that space. Have you heard of the the concept of the red tent or there's yes. even a book, the red tent, right? Yes, there's so a that's, book. Bella got it. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't read it yet, but yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. 
And that's where it is sort of allowing, because it's also a great time for women to come together and share, you know, we there, we are often more emotional or we're emoting. We're in this phase of, you know, again, releasing the eggs, there's hormones shifting and we're feeling a need to commune in a lot of ways to connect in a very feminine way. Right. I think that's why women face a lot of challenges is most of our life is tailored around masculine expression and experience. So we're on our period and we just want to be able to, I mean, whatever you want to call it, free bleed, free express, just like be open and communing with other women at that time. And we're forced to put on, you know, our work gear and sit in an office or do whatever we do each day, show up in the same capacity as a normal day. And again, it just kind of goes against what we're really feeling and honoring our bodies and our cycle, right? It's called a cycle for a reason. And this is a a bigger thing, but we don't really honor a lot of cycles in our world, right? Cycles of our bodies, a cycle of the, you know, the seasons, the cycle of the earth. It's, we become, sorry, I don't want to go off on a total tangent. Just this idea we just, we've decided we've made all these rules that again, go against what's natural. Right. And we've agreed upon them. And that's a big part of my work is starting the conversation around, well, if we came to these decisions, we can make different decisions. It's not impossible for our world to be very different and make choices and structures that actually work for people, for health, for well-being, for connection. Absolutely. I think, I think that the way we are working right now is very much in the masculine. And, and if we shifted to a feminine, it would be a whole different world. But again, we could go off on a whole tangent. Let me, let me get back to, um, let's bring it back. What I, what I really wanted the first moon manual to be was, um, emotional support, right? So there was enough things. There's enough books out there about how and why, and all those things. And so this book, I really just wanted it to be so much that um, girls felt like they had a whole tribe of women because that's what we used to have, right? It was a tribe of women. It takes a village. They used to raise these girls and educate them and love them and and empower them. And that's what I wanted girls to feel. Like I wanted them to feel like they had a whole tribe of women there just handing down that information. And the girls and the females, the women who did contribute to this, I mean, are anywhere from 20 years old to 75 years old, right? So it was a great spectrum. I was hoping that it would feel like you had a whole village of women that were just guiding you and loving you during this time. Yeah. So that's so such a fantastic focus and, you know, purpose for this. You, you also mentioned that you didn't want your daughter to have the same experience that you did. So do you want to speak a little more? Cause you also not just, you know, having to not be able to honor and celebrate, but it sounds like you struggled physically with your cycle when you're younger. Is that accurate? I did. And yes. And I'm a Gen Xer. So, um, so I kind of grew up in the nineties, like teenage years and, uh, in high school and time was just different. We didn't have the pressures of social media, but we also didn't have all the education that you can get now. Like you can go on and if you have questions, you can basically Google it or find an influencer or somebody who speaks about it and follow them and get a lot of information. I didn't have those things. So uh, my very first um, kind of hard experience was in middle school and I was, I had just started my period and I was in the girls locker room and kind of the mean girl came in and she, uh, said something about 
who, who was on their period, I can smell it. So like immediately I started having shame around the smell of like what, like a period smells like, and you know, hindsight, right? Like there was probably half the locker room was probably on their period at that point. Right. But I didn't know that back then. And I was so, um, mortified by it. And then in high school, I had a, a home ec teacher who, talked about how periods are not painful and anybody who says it is, is like just faking it. So then there was that kind of, um, pressure put on me. Like I had very painful periods. I didn't talk to doctors about it had I known. And when I did speak to doctors about it, they were just kind of like, oh yeah, this is natural. It's just fine. We know now that it's not fine. You know, my periods became very heavy and very painful, like would take me out for like two days at a time. And it would just look like a crime scene when I woke up, like it was just a hot mess. Right. I was soaking through a super tampon and pad every 45 minutes. Like it was just a lot. And I never got in touch with my menstrual cycle. I was never able I didn't even know to get in touch with. I didn't know how to connect. And so I had two tubal pregnancies or ectopic pregnancies. And my last, my first one, I lost over like half my blood and almost passed away during it. And then, um, I had a child in between, and then I had my second one. They took my second tube and, and then I couldn't have kids anymore. So it's kind of like, I was never able to really connect with my body and my period and my, and, and so much that goes into it. Like I wasn't able to connect with my intuition. I wasn't able to connect with, um, what felt good and what didn't feel good. And I think that's just like compiled so many problems in my life from my weight to decisions I've made to places I've worked, like all the things, right. It just compiles and compiles. And when I finally, uh, started to put this book together and started following women who, we're um, talking about menstruation and all these things. I started realizing like I did it wrong my entire life. You know, I didn't get to learn. And I really wanted Bella to be able to learn uh, what was like, just even to tap into her intuition, you know? Yeah. To be able to, to feel out and tune into what she actually feels around it and what, because it, again, there's nothing inherently wrong with the period. It's actually, again, completely yeah. natural and being able to embrace it and welcome it as a part of our growth and turning, becoming a woman coming of age of being able to bring life into this world, which also is just a, 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 a testament to having your period is it's, uh, you know, opening the door to our greatest, one of our greatest powers as women, which is we literally create and bring forth life we right. risk our life to do so just as you had the experience of. Right. It was so scary. <laughs> it was, just it puts me right back there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and I kind of hated that people were saying like, you're a woman now, um, when she had her period, because like maybe back in the like 14th century, when they would like marry kids off at like 12 and reproduce that early, then it was important. But now it's just, I wanted her to just feel like this is just part of what happens you know, it's, it's okay. Your body is beautiful. And this is just one of those natural things. And a true testament to her, um, feeling that it was natural is I took her to her first, uh, GYN appointment. And the first thing they told her when she said, you know, I'm having some pain was, well, we'll just put you on birth control and you won't even have a period. 
and she's 16 now, you know, and, um, and I was like, whoa, hold on, you know, and we, I was like, I don't want to make this decision today. We need to think about this. And we got in the car and she turned to me and she's like, mom, I don't want to be on birth control. And I was like, well, you know, like you're 16. I know things are starting to happen. You're making some choices. Like it's your body. I know what my thoughts are about it. I feel like birth control, like really affected my body and the way I had children, but, um, but I'll support you whenever you want to do. And she was like, you know, you taught me that periods are supposed to be natural. She's like, I don't want to get rid of it. I don't want to not have one. She's like, I don't understand that concept and why people want to do that. And then she said, you know, I'm looking at my other friends who are on birth control and their bodies are not okay, mom. Like they're, there's things happening, you know? And I was like, that's so observant and astute of you to think that and to know, and to know that you would rather have a little bit of the pain or, you know, the cramping and, and being tired and going through your cycle, than just get rid of it, you know? And isn't that just kind of like how society is like, it bothers me. So we're just going to get rid of it. Well, no, like that's not the answer to everything, you know? And and here's the thing, birth control is a very like private decision and I support everyone's decision, no judgment. Also, there are other things to think about, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And again, that's another rabbit hole we could go down, but it, it was extremely upsetting to me when I first went to go see a gynecologist because I was, I don't know, I would, I guess I was becoming a teen and, you know, you're supposed to get your exams and the first thing they said was, let's get you on birth control. And I thought, why? <laughs> like, yeah. why is that a necessity? Like why? I mean, I wasn't sexually active. I was, you know, I thought I might be. So I was curious about it. But even then, we're not really given the gamut of options of ways to work with our period and with getting pregnant, right? We're not really told. It's right. like straight to the pharmaceuticals, straight to the hormone infused pills. I, I, I was like your daughter. My intuition said, um, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, introducing hormones into my body again, I'm not knocking it. It's everyone's choice. Some birth control has worked wonders for people, but it also doesn't sit well with a lot of people, women. Right. It doesn't. And the thing is, is like, yeah, that prevents a baby pregnancy. Okay. That's only one problem <laughs> that having unprotected sex <laughs> creates, right? We don't talk about the STDs and the STIs and like, okay, so you're on birth control and, and it is like 98%, you know, possibly you won't get pregnant and you can still get an STD. You can still, and those things, the STDs, those are what damage women's bodies beyond repair, you know? having a baby can do some damage and having an STD can really do some damage. So I wanted to make sure we were talking about who and what you allow in your body, the energy exchange that comes with making those decisions and, uh, and what the lasting repercussions could be if the bacteria doesn't sit well with her bacteria, you know? Yeah, definitely. And that, that also opens up a whole nother portion is, well, cause it's not just about your period. It's also about getting to know your vagina, your labia, your cervix, that whole region down there that again, is very much not talked about. So along with STDs, which is very important to speak about that just because you're on birth control, I mean, 
I think they do a good job of talking about protective sex and the risks of not having it, but I think it could be, you know, could always be further educated on that. And, but again, the more it's more about the awareness of when you bring something into your body, you're not only risking STDs, but it, it affects your pH balance. It affects what's going on down there. I almost every time I have sex with a new partner, I get either a yeast infection or a UTI. So many things can happen down there. You can get BV that girls don't know about. They're not aware about. And that could even happen without sex. When you start your period, there's different, you know, you're getting wet down there. You're having different, you know, moisture levels. And that can also change the pH balance and what you're experiencing. So you can get itchy during a period. And I remember being like, what is going on with that thing down there? Like, what is this? No one told me about this. Can someone please look at this? I'm, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, our bodies are so, um, they're so magical. And to have to navigate all that as a young woman is just, it's difficult. And especially when there's all kinds of different information coming at you, you know? Yeah. So it's important to have people to openly talk about it and to feel safe to do so, to yes. feel like, Hey, welcome to the world of having your period. Let's let everything be out on the table. Feel free to ask questions. Here's a manual where you can flip through it. If you have any questions, let's chat about it. I think that's great. I think that every young woman could use this manual to just kind of have that. I know they have other books that are like intro to your period, but this, I like the feel of your manual because it does feel more holistic and more intuitive based where it's like, Hey, your vagina and your period is yours. And it may not look yeah. like everyone else's and that's okay. And that's okay. And at the end, I do have the period tracking. And then afterward is, is questions like reflection questions so that girls can kind of tune into their bodies. Cause I was never asked any of these questions. And I think some of the most important ones that I uh, pose in this book is, um, any hard emotions to deal with, you know, like what's your hardest emotion to deal with right now or any unusual pain, you know, like those became so important. And also like, um, what you're eating and foods that make you feel better and foods that don't make you feel better because it's so important. Like our, our kids, it's so easy just to get McDonald's and, uh, grab some Takis and a soda. And I get it. Like, there's a time and place and everything in moderation for junk food and that's okay. And you need to know if it's not making you feel good, but we're not talking to kids about that, right? We're not talking about young women who are on their periods and they eat junk food and then they're cramping worse. And there's all kinds of things happening. It's like, okay, well, is this food not making you feel good? So maybe if we cut it out and we do something a little bit better, you know, I don't talk a lot about feeding your flow because there are other books out there, but I do have a page on it. And, and really just, it's the same thing that we should be doing all the time, right? When you feed your flow, you should be eating lean meats, lean proteins, drinking a lot of water, lots of leafy vegetables, like things like that. So, so I wanted to be very much like, these are just things we should be doing anyways. And, um, and these things will make you feel better. I do know that when I eat better, I feel better. I know when my daughter eats a little bit better and it's on her period, she feels better. It's not as hard. So sometimes those choices are hard because we like to reach for fatty, sugary, salty food, you know, and uh, it's become an easy thing to do. So it, so there's a little bit on there, but I wanted this manual to feel like a safe space. So I didn't want it to feel like judgy or, um, or like it was lecturing. So that's why I tried to just keep it light. 
Definitely. And to me, the whole thing feels much more like an offering rather than like a directive or instructional manual of like, this is what you must do. It just yeah. kind of off. Like, I love this page about eating for PMS. Cause it's just a very gentle, you know, you can just grace over it and say, okay, yeah, it's probably a good idea. Maybe I'll have a, you know, green smoothie when I have my period, just to incorporate some of those vitamins and it gets girls, women thinking about, yeah, I got to keep in mind that what I consume affects my whole body and it affects my cycle. And it, and it is absolutely true that what we eat, what we ingest, what we consume will play a part often, even if we're having really hard periods, if our period keeps getting thrown off, has a lot to do with our diet and what we consume. Right. Absolutely. And it, it was, it's important to talk about, but again, you're right. I wanted it to be more of an offering. Um, I taught, uh, for a long time and I worked with a lot of students who were, um, considered, uh, disabled, like mentally, or, you know, they had some learning disabilities and I created this manual for, because I had been creating stuff for students who didn't, who couldn't just read, right. Who couldn't just sit down and read a full book. And I think that the way our society is right now, when they consume so much social media and things are changing every three seconds, that that was important. I wanted it to be very digestible, very easy, and very much like kind of choose your own adventure, right? Like what letter do you need? If you, you can, um, write reflections, you can reflect on the questions you can, there's creative space. Like there's all these things so that they can really explore their period. And then there's visually stimulating things too. So that sometimes when you're just not in the mood to read, you can still get that, uh, feeling of support. And that's where the affirmations come in and the, and the pictures and the art, you know? Yes. Yes. And I think that girls and young women will really appreciate that. I mean, it's just nice. I loved having like a little workbook or journal or manual when I still do. <laughs> I'm actually yeah. really excited about this. I, you know, the part of the back, I'm like, Ooh, I can't wait to track my period for a full year. I've never actually done that. I've started right. Like, okay, I'm going to put a little red circle when I have my period, but I've never been consistent with it. I, I tend to, I notice when I sync up with the moon, I always get excited when my periods lined up with the new moon or the full moon. And I'm like, yes, that makes me feel aligned. It usually indicates, I feel like I'm sort of synced up healthy, but I haven't done it consistently. So that's, I'm going to be excited for that. But I think that girls like to have something where they can make their own and kind of share their thoughts. And it's, this is a great way. And I, I agree with you as well, that I have such a push pull relationship, challenging relationship with social media in that I don't want to be just another talking head that's spouting out what you should be doing right now and what the right way is to do and what you need to start thinking about. It's, I, I do wonder what the consequences are of so many different things just being launched at these young minds, just yeah. a thousand new things a day where they're like, Oh wait, I have to do this. And I have to do that. And it's, it's just so much bombardment. It's overwhelming. Yes. It is overwhelming. And it's overwhelming for them. That's why I just wanted this to be easy. When I did the period tracking, it was also around the time that they were talking about not tracking your period on like apps, because that could be um, traced back, you know, uh, when they were having the conversations about um, abortion and all those things. So it felt very important to know how to track your period in a concrete way, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and to be able to make your own notes. Um, 
there's lots of space in there for you to describe what's going on, you know? And I think it's really important that girls think about, is it my period or did something really hard happen? Because so often we're told to our emotions, oh, are, are you on your period? Cause you're being emotional or whatever. And it's so important for them to go like, yeah, maybe I am on my period. And also like this really thing, hard thing happened, right? Like my daughter is, uh, just started her period like two days ago. And the day before that she got into a little accident. So she is like her stress level and she's in finals. So is she being emotional because of her period or is she being emotional because she just got a wreck? She has finals and like, it's about to be Christmas, right? So there's like three huge things that are going on. I don't think any of her attitude has anything to do with her period this week. I think it has to do with her traumatic stress levels that are going on, right? And these are things that we need to be talking about. Like, it's not always emotions because of your period. Like girls are allowed to have emotions all the time. <laughs> We're allowed to feel angry. We're allowed to feel stressed out. We're allowed to feel sad. Um, and it has sometimes has nothing to do with the hormones that are going through our body. It has to do with the fact that we are human and we just have emotions, period. Yes. Period. Yeah. <laughs> Pun intended. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's something that amazingly we're still working to establish is that just because women can be, you know, have stronger feelings, moods, emotions, doesn't have to mean that it's related. Cause again, that, that comes from the negative connotation around our period, that it makes us difficult, that it makes us unhinged, whatever you want to say. And it's, it's just so in, infuriating and insulting. And that's not to say, I mean, I I'll say that sometimes I find it a relief when I'm crying and upset about something. I'm like, what is going on? And then I realize, oh, I'm going to start my, my period next week. That makes, cause I do find that I'm a bit more emotional the week before that I'm more, I might be more sensitive that that does happen. Uh, but it's not always the case. I have some months where I breeze through and I'm like, oh, and my period is light and my emotions are light and other ones are heavy. And it'll be interesting to track it. Cause I do think it can be in correlation with other environmental stressors, what you're eating, what you're, if you're working out, all these things play a part in how we experience our period. However, we don't need to get flack from other people when they don't even know what's going on. We can decide for ourselves. We can look at it and say, okay, yes. I am a bit emotional during my period, or I'm actually not during that emotional during my period. I have other things going on in my life. Like, and we have people. those conversations. We like me and my daughter, like if she's feeling, she'll be like, ah, da, da. and I'm like, okay, let's just take a breath. Let's pause. Is this like, do you have something going on? And, and she will self-identify. She'll go, you know what, actually I'm starting my period in like a couple of days. So I think that this uh, might, my overwhelm or my emotions might be more linked to that than it is to what's really going on. We have these conversations, but it's just so important to be able to at least know, right. Is it because of my period or is it because I really have something crazy going on? You know, is her, is her emotions maybe more highly impacted because she started her period this week on top of everything? Yeah, probably. And I mean, again, like getting in a wreck and having finals are two huge stressors. So I don't know, like, you know, <laughs> and that's just beautiful communication flat out. I mean, it sounds like you could really write another book about the mother daughter relationship because the things you're speaking of were talking primarily right now about your period, but you're really embracing and welcoming your daughter's experiences and thoughts and feelings. And you guys are having conversations around that. I know when I grew up, I didn't quite feel there was space for that. I didn't, I wasn't 
asked about it, I was often kind of brushed off like, okay, well, you know, go talk to somebody else, go find, you know, it wasn't really, I didn't feel held or supported in that as much as I could have been. And so that could be your next manual is just a little exploration of how do you really allow for the space to communicate with your daughter? Because I think a lot of people, life gets so busy, right? So we forget that sometimes, you know, kids really could use some additional support or exploration of what they're feeling, how they're doing. Because the more that they do that early on in life, the less confusion late in life. Because it's really fascinating. The things that we're kind of left confused about or feel a sense of whether it's shame or avoidance around a topic, it impacts how we move through life as we're older, how we respond to things, how we um, avoid things later in life. I want to speak on two things. So the first thing is the relationship with my daughter. I knew that, um, I didn't want to have a volatile relationship with her. I didn't have a, you know, as a teenager, I had kind of a hard relationship with my parents and I knew I wanted our relationship to be different. And I saw other people who had these relationships. Like I talked to other girls who were young and were like, oh, I love my parents and we have a great relationship. And I was like, I want that too. So I have had a lot of people in my life tell me, oh, like, wait till they're a teenager. And I just decided that that wasn't going to be part of our conversation. Like I was just going to negate anybody who said that because um, teens are just humans also, and they are dealing with a lot of emotions and a lot of new things. And I wanted to ensure that I always saw my daughter in the best light and not just put her in a box of like, oh, you're a teenager now. So now you're going to be all bitchy and we're going to have this shitty relationship. I just didn't want that in my life. And her and I have one of the most amazing, like we are mother, daughter, and we're best friends. And I love our relationship. I love that she's still, she's 16. She still comes and she still hugs me and holds my hand. And, you know, like she comes to me when things are happening. And sometimes like there's times when she's hiding things or she hasn't been completely honest. And guess what? That's part of her growing up and figuring out what her boundaries are. And it's hard for me because I want to be like, no, you have to always be honest with me. You have to tell me everything. And then I'm like, you know what? No, she doesn't because she's her own person. Right. So, um, I just knew I wanted that relationship to be different. And I think it is different. I'm happy that we're in this really great place. The second thing is the next manuals. I wanted to just say, I have a call for submissions for my next manuals. And I think that my uh, calling, my passion, my purpose is really supporting women and holding space for them. So I have a call for submissions for like new moms, uh, new marriages, divorce, menopause, and embracing our sexuality. So I want letters and love and poetry and art that supports those things because as, as a new mom, you know, we're told all these things like, and it can get overwhelming. And I want to create a safe space that says, you know what, you're not always going to love those little bundles of joy. Cause they're not always little bundles of joy. Sometimes it's crying and sadness and hard. And, and there's not a lot of talk around the, um, postpartum depression and the things that you go through, like you, you feel like you're supposed to feel a certain way and marriages, like women are losing themselves in marriages. And I am very lucky that I have a partner who's grown with me. Uh, and we have very fluid gender roles in our house. So, you know, he does dishes and cooks and he does laundry and I've been very blessed, but it wasn't always like that. And we actually went through a lot of 
turbulent stuff to get here. And I want to hold space for women to like, Hey, you know, it's okay to have those boundaries early and, and, to, um, and to have the standard that you're, you have a partner that you're not the maid, you're not the logistical manager of the house. Like, and that's been a big thing. We talk a lot about, uh, decision fatigue in women right now, and because they're having to make all these things, well, I want that support for them. And then same for menopause. We're not talking about it enough. Our sexuality, like women have been shamed for so long when it comes to sex that, you know, we want, want the safe space. I want the safe space where women can dive into art and poetry and, and love from other women about just accepting who they are and just lighting themselves on fire, you know, like in a good way, <laughs> in the not best in way. Point, in the best there's way. a real good way to light yourself on fire. Light, light it up. Girl, it sounds like you have about 10 manuals in the pipeline that I can't wait to see and be brought into creation. And I think they will all be so beautifully helpful to women because clearly I'm a big fan of the spoken word and communing. I think that that's my work in this lifetime is I think when we generate conversations, that's how change begins. And that's where I, everyone has a different part in the process of change and growth and evolution. And I feel that that's mine. And from a young age, I realized the power of people coming together and sharing their authentic experiences, especially women, men as well. Men love their men's group. I've talked to a lot of men who say, wow, it's really powerful to get with other men and just talk, be real. But for women, we go through such, we're, we're tough cookies. We go through a lot. I'm also wondering when you're describing these, if you're thinking about doing one around the birth experience, especially with the, you just described a really challenging one that you had. Yeah, I, that, that is, um, there's so many that, and I'm hoping that, no, I'm not hoping the plan is that they all come right. All of them will come at the right time. Uh, the submissions right now are for the five I mentioned. And then, and there are so many that are coming afterwards. So many people are telling me, well, I need this or I need that. And yeah, absolutely. The birth experience would be so great because um, it's important to note that not everybody has a super breezy one and not everybody has a traumatic one. So we need that space where we can talk about just regular ones. And that's a great place to be. So there, there's so many, um, and <laughs> I'm just, I'm like, it's going to happen organically. I know that like people will hopefully hear these podcasts and if they feel like they have something to contribute, they will go to my website and they will push submit. And whether that is a piece of art or a piece of poetry, or, you know, even some of the stuff I have in this book are just short poems, like three sentences or tips or anything that people feel like they need to contribute to this collective. And that's the thing is, though, I feel like one of my superpowers is like connecting community. And, um, and that's how this feels. It's like, I connected so many people from entrepreneurs to coaches, to artists, to poets. And through that connection, we've now created this web that's holding space for all these women. Right. Remarkable. Yeah. So incredible. And it's paving the way for, for change. I really do believe that. And you're a part of it. So thank you so much for your work. And I, you know, I'm a big believer in when we have, you know, you have this whole, you know, I don't know if the word is empire, but just, or series ahead of you, you know, you have all this potential and, but everything is baby steps, right? One step at a time. 
It you is. <laughs> are remarkable and that you have made this first. It's out in the world. This precious, precious baby of a book of this manual is out in the world and there'll be more to come. But we take our little time and our steps and we they'll come just at the right time as they're meant to. They have to gestate, right? We got to give them their yeah. gestation time. And But I'm I'm excited for you and I appreciate you. This is really really needed and beautiful. And there are more collections that have people's testaments, their offerings of poems of expression around a shared experience. Mm, just beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Very special. And I love that this book mixes that with also practical advice, because you yeah. also speak to the variety of feminine products you can use, which I at 38 this year found myself being like, I got to switch up my game because just as you described, I had periods where I was going through super tampons and a pad. And I was like, I don't want to th keep throwing away underwear. I don't want to. So I, you know, there is offerings like the period underwear. There's the cup. Now there's other options. I didn't really know about them. I wanted to hear what other women were saying about it. So it's really nice that you introduce practical options in addition to emotional testaments, expressions, personal experience around the, yeah, my, uh, one of the people who, who contributed, she got the book for her daughter, um, and they were going through it together. And she's like, I didn't even know about the cup, you know, like, she's like, I had no idea that this was an option. And like, that is so cool. And I'm like, yeah. And also like, we just need to talk about a little bit, like, again, I didn't want to be super like preachy, but eco-organic products because so much of the problems that women have when they have their period are because they're putting, you know, synthesized and un synthetic synthetic. What am I trying to, you know, um, chemicals, chemical laden products in their body into their bodies, <laughs> right? Their hoo-hahs, their yeah. precious little and ones. So, <laughs> yeah. so we need to talk about these, uh, products that are more natural and, and are more, friendly for our bodies. And it doesn't cost that much more to use those things, you know? So it might seem like a lot, but when you really break it down, it's not that much more. Yeah. And it is so important to talk. I was reading when I was doing this dive into products you can use. I, I don't want to say that I know exactly what this, per the specifics of what this person said, but it was something around the lines of it, that the industry the feminine pr products industry is, is not, um, regulated necessarily. So they're not right. going to be have to confirm if they're putting chemicals in there that are not great for your body. And it's just so, cause you know, again, life mo moves so fast. We get our period. The only thing we can think about is plugging it up so we can keep moving and grinding in our lives. Mm -hmm. So we just use whatever products we can get our hands on. And yeah. there's so little encouragement of, Hey ladies, Let's look at what's healthiest for you, what's best for you personally, what you feel most comfortable with. Those questions and conversations are not had most of the time. Well, a lot of the stuff that's starting to come out, I just, everybody's posting right now about um, how period products haven't been tested with blood. So they were only tested with like water or, you know, and it was always like dyed water or whatever. And yeah, the product was like soaking it up, but maybe that's part of the reason is it doesn't soak up blood the way it soaks up water. It's different consistencies. Like these conversations are starting to be had. They're so important. And I'm, I'm happy to be on this, on this ride, talking about these things as well. And, and just really supporting girls and women who are trying to have a better relationship with their bodies.
and I'm happy that you're doing it and I'm celebrating you and I am excited for you again, this path ahead, this series that's going to be coming forward. That's going to be so fantastic. I hope that there'll be one that I can submit to that. I feel I can contribute to and definitely the sexual one. I love that women's sexuality. I'm all about that. That one I can do. Well, the, the next one though is new moms. Uh, so there's no order. There's just submissions okay. for those five. And I feel like whatever one is supposed to be the first one out, will get filled up first, right? I'll get enough material that's uh, given to me that that will be the one that is the next one that comes. Perfect. So before we wrap up, do you want to, of course, we want to know how people can find you, how they can order your book, how they can submit submissions, <laughs> if that's how you say it. But also if you could repeat those five again, so it's fresh on people's minds as they're listening. We have submissions for embracing your sexuality, menopause, divorce or leaving a relationship, new moms and marriage. Wonderful. I'm I'll, I'll, I'm curious because I have a good friend. She got early menopause. Is that something that people can contribute about? Because that was yes. really challenging for her. And I didn't really know about that, but she had early menopause in her early thirties and it was really alarming. She didn't know what it was because it's again, something that's not talked about. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think that I, I don't know how it will come about. I don't know if there'll be one or two, like uh, just a menopause one and a, like a perimenopause or early menopause, or if it'll all just be the same, like regardless of what age you go through it, you're closing a chapter on your life. Right. And just kind of getting into that next chapter. And we just want the love and support there. So, um, I, it'll, it'll come and it'll be what it is. So I'm unsure. And I know that whatever is submitted and given to me is going to be just the beautiful message that's needed for everyone, you know? Yes, completely. All right. So Jessica, where can people find you? Where can they order this? I'll have the links in the show notes, but in case they want to jot it down right now or look it up right now as they're listening. So it's first moon manual. Don't get it confused with full. It's always first, first moon manual. Um, and you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and on Amazon. And then my website is jmmedellin.com. So it's just my initials and my last name.com. And you can buy it off of there, but also that's where you'll find the submissions. So you just go to new submissions and click on it. There's a Google form. You just fill it out and submit your letter or art or poetry or whatever medium you work in. Such beautiful magic you're making, Jessica. Thank you, Whitney. Thank you so much. Thanks really for having grateful me today. for you. Yeah. So fun having this conversation. I love, I love these conversations because I know somebody out here is going to hear something that they didn't expect to hear, but they think, wow, that's really helpful. Or yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that I'm not the only one. And those are my favorite conversations where people can say, oh. I thought I was the only one that felt that way, that thought this. And that's what these are about, right? Is, is realizing because we are never the only one we're all going through it, but we need to connect for that and we need to feel loved. Right. Yes. So thank you for creating that connection. So beautiful to be connected with you, Jessica. And I'd love to have you back when the next manual is released. Yes. I'd love to be back. Thank you so much. Take good care. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. 
And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.